Hi, I'm Karen Pollard and welcome to the Challenger CEO podcast. Today I'm joined by Jackie Stewart, who is the CEO and founder of Financial Wealth Community. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, Karen. Great to have you here. So I'm really excited to be chatting to you um, because you're a lady that knows all about the numbers. All the numbers. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) So tell me about your background and what's Financial Wealth Community all about? Yeah, sure. So I'm a qualified accountant. I'm also a qualified teacher. And from as far back as I can remember, I loved the numbers. (laughs) And I loved the numbers because they fit into boxes. So that's how my brain works. Everything has to fit into a box. And um, my first company was actually called Financial Training because it was geared towards teaching youth how to manage their money. So I wanted it to be something fun, something that they could relate to. But then as I moved along, I actually thought, well, it's all very well teaching little Bobby how to manage his money. But if Bobby gets his pocket money from mum and dad, (laughs) they could turn around and say we don't have any. So then I I basically moved to adults. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to create this community. So for business owners, but as well as people with their individual finances and just teach them very simply how to start to build wealth. Mm. Hence why it's called Financial Wealth Community. And you work with individuals or businesses or a mix of both? Mix of both, but at the moment I'm focusing on businesses. So I'm doing my accountancy and I'm building my practice. I now have a team of three. And once I get that to where I need it to be, I can then go back and give back and do more of the community work, which is what I really love to do. Mm, mm. But I've got to pay the bills first, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Which actually brings me on to a very interesting point. Um, Something that really interests me about you is that your core values stem around paying yourself first. Mm -hmm. So tell me a bit more about that. So what you find a lot of business owners do is, and myself, because I obviously have been on that journey. So I started my company in 2013. I was working in the city as an accountant, and then I decided to go part-time so that I could build my business. What you tend to do is you pay everybody else, right? You're building your business, and for some reason you don't, I don't know why it is, but just go into this mode of, I've got to pay my my creditors, I've got to pay everyone else, I can't afford to pay myself because I'm building and growing. And then we carry on... And then before we know it, five years down the line, we're still doing that. Mm. The idea is that you pay yourself first because that is actually why you're in business, right? You look after yourself first and know your numbers so that it will enable you to be able to do that. Some people will straight away say to me, well, I can't. There's not enough money to pay myself. I'm building. But if you get the numbers right from the beginning, you will already have budgeted to pay yourself first. Okay. So... In layman's terms, for somebody that shies away from numbers mm-hmm. and is a bit of a data ducker, mm-hmm. <laughs> where do you suggest that they start? What would be really proactive steps for them to take? It's to ask somebody who knows and who does like to deal with the numbers. I see that all the time. And look, there's, there's a lot of different reasons why people don't do that. So I mainly work with business startups, so I've seen it all. Some people, it's lack of trust, especially in my community. When it comes to numbers, we don't talk about numbers. I'm from the Caribbean community. My mother never spoke about numbers. Um, You know, all she'd say is save, get a good job and save. But I wouldn't actually know what the bills were that she was paying. She Mm. was paying. I wouldn't know how much money she even earned, right? It's taboo. Mm. And I know where it comes from. So a lot of it is cultural. A lot of it is coming from having to grind, right? My mother's um, from the Windrush generation, coming here having to hustle 
And so she never really taught me what she thought was the next level up for, for, for her from what she was doing hustling was me getting a good job and having regular income because that's not what she had. Mm. And yeah, in some stage, in some ways, that is a step up. Mm. However, for me, for example, teaching my children, what I teach them is budget but you need more than one income stream. Because mm. as a lot of people found out with COVID, if you lose that one income stream, you're stuck, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to try and have more than one income stream. Yeah. And then make sure you're paying yourself first. Mm. And I kind of diverted off your question a little bit there. But yeah, that's, that's, that's basically kind of my ethos. So when a new client comes to me, for example, and first of all, because I'm now realising a lot of it's coaching, okay, and I'm, I'm actually going to engage on a whole money coaching thing because a lot of them are stuck for different reasons. It could be trauma. Mm. It could be, like I said, it could be a cultural thing, scarcity mindset, all of those things you have to deal with. So accountancy isn't just about compliancy anymore, right? Mm. It's also about your individual... Well, for me, it's all about your individual client. Where are they stuck mentally mm. with the numbers? Mm. And then, yeah, you can do the practical things. You can teach people how to do get their pricing right to make sure that when they do make a profit, there's enough to pay themselves. So you can do things like that. But I find with most people, it's a mental block yeah. For what, whatever reason. Yeah. 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 That's interesting what you just touched on there, because I think um, there, there is definitely something around the stories that you are brought up with. Mm. And it's great to hear that you're empowering your children mm. so that, that you're breaking that cycle that generational cycle. Absolutely. Um, and I had a, a great conversation with Phyllis Woodfine, who's mm. the whole life coach mm. uh, recently on our podcast. And, and she was talking about referencing these stories as library books mm. and checking them back into the library. So it's very interesting that you're tackling not just the practical that needs to be done, but actually what's that inside you that's preventing you from moving forward yeah. or doing what needs to be done. Yeah, because you can you can teach people the practical or you can have an accountant that does the practical stuff for you. But if your mindset doesn't shift, then you're just going around a wheel, just going on a circle, round and round and round and round, coming back to the same place. So until you can get that mindset to shift or to even just recognise why you, you know, for women, we talk about this all the time. Why is it that we don't think, feel like we deserve to be paid or we want to give our services for free, for example, because we want to help the world, right? And we're going to help everyone in the world and it doesn't matter that we can't put food on the table. Well, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit like when we fly on an aeroplane, put your oxygen mask on first, mm -hmm. which is what I've taught myself because I was that person yeah. who would just, you know, do consultations for free because I'm passionate about it right? And you just want to help everybody. Mm. Meanwhile, I'm struggling with my bills. So at some point, it clicks. And it was funny because even though I was doing, I've done accountancy since I left college. I was an accounts assistant for many, many years and didn't want to actually qualify because my manager who was an accountant was always stressed. Mm. <laughs> I just thought, I don't want to be like you. She was always running around and then leaving early because of the kids or, you know, deadlines, obviously. And I just thought, oh my gosh, no, I'll just be an assistant and I'll be happy. But obviously there's a ceiling to how much you can earn, right, if you're just an assistant. So then I also wasn't adopting what I was doing in my job for my family's finances. Mm. 
just, just basic things. I know people don't like the word budget. I don't care. Budget, 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 right? <laughs> it's my favourite word, okay? Um, I wasn't doing that at home, but I was doing it for my company, right? So I'm there doing all their budgets and managing their monies. And I don't know, the penny just drops that, uh, it's the same thing. Just because you're dealing with more zeros than you are at home, it's the same principle, right? Mm. You can't spend more than you've got coming in. Otherwise, there's going to be a problem. And once I adopted that for myself, then it was like, oh my God, I want to teach everybody else how to do this. Okay. And so I thought it was going to be so easy. You know, I've got this formula, let's do this, guys, <laughs> until I came across the mindsets. And then that's when I realised, even with my clients that come to me now, that's a lot of the issue. I have clients who probably have been referred to me. Most of my clients come from referrals. And I'll meet them on a Zoom and then their shoulders are up here somewhere mm. and they don't know how much to open. And I can just see the tension. Mm. And after 15 minutes, they're like, <sighs> because it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Let's talk about it. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to admit that you may not have got things right. Okay. It's okay. Cause we're going to change it now. Mm. And that's how I tend to deal with people, mm. especially for, from a trust perspective and just letting them know it's okay. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. But, we can change it. Yeah, that's actually very interesting because I think with a lot of entrepreneurs, and maybe it's, I don't know if I'm generalizing here, but in your experience in dealing with, you know, men and women, mm. do you think that there are secrets <laughs> that these founders hide and keep from anybody and probably partners or because it, it can be a very lonely journey and, and it could be a determination of your success and failure. Um, I wouldn't say, I don't think, I don't think entrepreneurs, I don't think it's secrets, right? I think they've just learned the formula. Their mindset has shifted. They've been on the journey and now they're just doing what they want to do, right? But we don't always stop to go back and bring others with us. I'm going through that at the moment. So the whole, the accountancy industry is changing. I know a lot of accountants because I also do training, as you know, for QuickBooks. So there's a group of us as accountants around the country that does training. And I had a conversation with someone the other day and it's a very common conversation I seem to be having with mm -hmm. accountants. And I'm like, yeah, I deal with startups. And they're like, startups, why do you do that? right? Because they can't pay you. I was like, why are you working with startups? And I'm like, but if no one works with the startups, how are the startups going to scale, right? Mm. How, who's going to help the startups? And I'm very much that type of a community person anyway that wants to work with disenfranchised groups and, and stuff like that. Um, and I get it, right? Because it's the same work that you can do for an established company that you don't have to chase for money. They will pay whatever fees you ask them to pay. And it's quite easy. With a startup, you're really hand-holding. You may not get paid. You know, I spent yesterday chasing payments, for example. It happens. But I've accepted that's my role. Mm. So there are people who aren't yeah, we've, and maybe, I don't want to be too horrible to accountants because I'm in the, in the industry, right? <laughs> I always give us a bad name. But for some accountants, they've done that. So they've gone through that process and they don't want to do that anymore. Mm. So it's like, I've moved on. It's mm. easier. Let me go with a company that's, you know, turning over 100,000 already. Mm. Like I said, it's, it's less effort. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah, whereas it sounds like you're leading the charge yeah, on, on a revolution. I see it so much <laughs> and I see and it's in its and again it's 
it's it's not simple things, but I see what's happening, basically, mm. and I want to help. I want to be a part of the problem solver, not leave, because people's got brilliant ideas. Mm. People are very good at what they want to do, mm. and they just want to do it, right? Yeah. And if I can help them to get the numbers sorted, they can go ahead and live the dream that they want to dream, right? Yes. They, it gives them, they can go off and do what they want to do. Yeah. But I have to let them know you have to deal with the numbers. So I'm always going to be that person that looks back and brings them back up. I'm always going to be that person. Yeah. And from what I can hear, everything you're saying just speaks to altruism. Mm. What advice and what would you say to, to those startups who are big hearted and want to create big impact and have a mission based business, but they they're caught between how do I get this out there and help as many people and take them all with me versus how do I get paid for this? That that conundrum of feeling like, surely I cannot charge for this. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm laughing because (laughs) you know the person that I know. (laughs) Okay. I did a program um, just over a year ago called Empowered and the lady that runs the program told me to my face basically and she was like because that's what I wanted to do I was like I want to do this community thing all around personal financial management I don't necessarily want to do the accounting anymore I want to save the world right and she was like yeah but how are you going to get paid (laughs) and it was quite simple it's like how are you going to get paid and I thought yes it will happen you know and you you kind because I get it I get it. When you're mission-based, you really do want to do that. However, it's back to the oxygen mask, right? You've got to save yourself first. So you've got to build yourself. So whatever it is you're skilled or talented with, I went back into my accountancy full-blown. And actually, I see how I can do that and it still be mission-based. So sometimes what we do corporately, we think because we did it corporately, it's, it's not you know, it doesn't help the community or whatever. Um, But it can, it can, because you've learned those skills, you've developed those skills. And it's just how you reframe it. Mm. So I would say, you have to take everyone on an individual basis, right? Because you need to know what their skills are. What can they do that's going to bring the income in, that's going to help them to then be able to go out and do the mission? Or maybe is what they do, there's funding available, Mm. right? So then you just need someone who can write your funding um, applications for you. It might be just that. Get the funding to be able to go and do what you need to do. Mm. Mm. I I, I struggled getting the funding. It just wasn't working. It wasn't working. So so you had to create your own sources then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I tried. But finances is a funny one, right? Mm. You've got to... I think people who think they're getting help financially... They don't want to admit that because they think that means that they don't have it rather than, no, you do have it. I'm just going to show you how to make it work for you better. Mm. So there's a stigma. Okay, funny we're doing this podcast. I had a podcast a couple of years ago called Cash Talks and it was literally to break down the barriers so we just get talking about money. Let's talk about it. Mm. right? In our families, in our homes, with our friends. You know, how many of your friends know how much you earn, right? (laughs) You wouldn't. You don't. You, you don't have that conversation. Them. You wouldn't have no, that conversation. It's no. like, because oh, they might earn double what I earn, or they might think, you know. So we have all these things going on. I'm like, it's just a tool. Mm. It's just a tool. It flows. Mm. It comes in. It goes out. You just need to know how to manage it. Absolutely. You yeah. Just need to know how to manage it. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Mm. Yeah, money. It's a funny one. <laughs> well, but it keeps everything going. Absolutely. It keeps it all flowing, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it in- enables you to do what you really do want to mm. do, right? Mm. I mean, 
Isn't it the ideal to be able to wake up every single day completely passionate about what you do and can't wait out to get out of bed? Mm. And the flip side is you don't have to worry about how am I going to pay the bills yeah, at the end of the day. Exactly, that's the ideal. But to get there, you have to go through, yes, you may wake up two days really passionate and you may wake up three days off. Oh. I've got to do marketing or social media yeah. in my case, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to do this today. Or I've got to chase clients for money or, you know, whatever. So you have to go through all of that mm. to get to where you want to get to. And yeah. then you just hire someone else to do it for you. <laughs> Absolute outsourcing. Yeah. Outsource it. Big fan of outsourcing. Outsource it. Outsource your finances. It's better to you, for you to outsource it than you try to do it and you're not happy with doing it. Mm. Mm. so you don't do it in the end yeah yeah that's what happens yeah so in the UK at the moment we're in a a period of instability which feels like we've been in a period of instability for years now Mm. and I I remember when we were high to the market in 2006 2007 the market crashed Mm -hmm. all the mortgages went away um the recession hit Mm -hmm. Then obviously Brexit came along, COVID came along, uh, we're heading or we're in another recession. Whether it's as bad as 2008 or not, we don't know, mm-hmm. but where the technology has um, certainly improved and come on since that. So the messaging is very much, it's doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts around, okay, we're in this stormy period mm-hmm. For business owners, how do you not only weather the storm, but how do you actually make sure you've got that arc (laughs) that Mm, can go mm. through the flood and survive? And think about, there are going to be different markets and things happening, but how do you build that business Mm -hmm. that that weathers all those storms. Love my use of cliches there. Mm-hmm. The Loved it too. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's the numbers. You have to know your numbers, right? You have to be able to, as I'm trying not to get too technical, but have that cash flow forecast so you can see within six months' time what's coming in, mm. what am I going to need to pay out? Mm. So if you're going to go through those lows, you can try and do something about it now. Mm. Say so it may be that you have to contact suppliers, right? And say, look, can I renegotiate our terms for example or find different suppliers or find different ways of doing things rather than waiting for it to hit so it's all all about forward thinking right and if you don't know how to do that how to to get the numbers or no how to understand the numbers within your business then you need to get someone who does it's Mm. especially now Mm. otherwise you'll just keep doing what you're doing and then you will find yourself in a mess right so yeah it may be that for example if you know I'm just trying to think of an example if you have a shop or you rent an office space and you have to pay utility bills right we know what's happened with those it may be that you have to look at your numbers and you may work out that on a Tuesday you don't really make any money mm. so then close it on a Tuesday right mm. reduce your bill Okay, Mm. find another way to do it or find something else to do on a Tuesday, mainly open on the days that are, you know, all these things, all these things you can do, but you can only do them when you know if there's a problem with your numbers. That makes sense. 
And then if you need to increase your own prices, right, which is a sticky point because obviously everyone's feeling it. So people are thinking, well, how can I increase my prices? Say maybe that you offer an additional service, Mm -hmm. right? There's lots of things you can do, but you do need to know your numbers. Mm. Because you might find that it doesn't affect your type of business as well. So you're hearing all the doom and gloom, but depending on what you do, it may not affect you. Sure. Right? So you may actually be okay. You may actually be able to offer other things that people do need. So, Mm. yeah. Mm. And on that, something you said earlier was about creating additional income streams. Mm. So you're you're mitigating the risk. Mm -hmm. For bricks and mortar businesses, Mm -hmm. what would you suggest would be ways that they could look at bringing in? And again, so it depends what you do, right? So let's try and think of a, say like you're a coach, for example. I seem to have lots of coaches and consultants on my books. Say that's what you do is coaching and you offer consulting. So then maybe you can also do training and maybe train other coaches or mentor other coaches, right? That could be an additional service that you offer. You just have to think about what it is that you do. And I think you have to think about the path that you took to get to where you got to, because you would have definitely have gained some skills, right? And then think, well, so what else can I do? What else can I offer that people actually do need? Mm. And you'll find that people will pay for it because not everybody is going through hard times. Sure, sure. As you know, within the entrepreneurial world, not everybody is. Mm. Some people are really killing it still. Yes, absolutely. And for those that are crushing it Mm. um, and... There is also that there is an, another period for those businesses that are ready to transition from startup to scale up, yeah. and are in a position where their business has probably accelerated a lot quicker than what they've expected. So that's a whole new arena that they're entering into. How do they then protect their businesses uh, and their own mental health? Mm from imploding Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because suddenly it can feel quite scary because it's all feeling a lot bigger. Yeah. So that's me right (laughs) right now. That's what was happening, I'd say, about four months ago. And it's funny because I went to a retreat and um, one of the ladies there was talking about employing staff, right, taking on staff. And for some reason, my mindset was always like, I'm not going to take on staff till I've got a year's salary for a year right? Because I want to let them go. So I need to have a year's salary in the bank. And I remember speaking to her and she goes, no, it doesn't work like that, right? Because you would never move forward if you're always waiting for something to happen. And so I've taken on staff and it's not been a problem paying them, right? But it's like, you don't want to take that first step because you're right. I'm best served growing my business, not necessarily doing the day-to-day stuff anymore, right? Mm. So you have to recognise when you're at that position, I cannot wear all the hats. Mm. It's just like, no, those days, yeah, when I used to wear all the hats, but then I maybe only had a couple of clients, so then I could. But as you grow, and especially if it's in a relatively quick quick space of time, short space of time rather, you need to outsource or take on staff, definitely. Mm. And that's what I've done. So I've kind of not advertised my business. I haven't done that for quite a few months because I'm training them up, right? So you don't want to just take on staff. That happened as well before when I had a Kickstarter. You're trying to grow, you're trying to train. But if you have somebody who you have to be training 24-7, then Mm. you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, Mm. right? Mm. So it's recognising all of those things. But I would say if you don't know what to do, ask 
ask, just ask someone. There's coaches, there's consultants, there's people out there who's been through that journey mm. and who will help you. Mm. Ask. Mm. We're not good at that, are we? No, we're not. Uh, and I think there's a whole conversation around why, why do mm. we struggle to ask for help? Mm. Does it mean that it's a sign of weakness? Um, or we think we're going to have to, or maybe we don't want to pay somebody to give us the help that we need. But it's an investment in yourself, right? Mm. And you have to invest in yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's something around your capability and your capacity. Mm. And if by investing in somebody else to help you along that path of growth Mm -hmm. that you're talking about, you've got to weigh up. Mm Mm-hmm. What's going to be the ROI for you? Exactly. You need- Where are my best served? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's a whole journey. And when I look back, I'm like, but it's a good one because you learn so much about yourself as well, right? Absolutely. It's definitely not for the faint hearted, but you learn so much about yourself and you gain so many different skills and then you're ultimately being able to do what you love to do. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah, mm. that's brilliant. So what does the next period in your business and your personal ambitions look like for you? Yeah, that's a good one. So I have a business mentor and we were speaking, I was speaking to him the other day. He's actually the gentleman responsible for me being an accountant. Um, <laughs> and and he, he pushes me all the time. We'll go for coffee. So he's not my official business mentor, but he is, right? We'll go for coffee and he'll be like, right, what's next? <laughs> what's next for Jackie? And so he'll set those goals for me. Mm. Um, The book needs to come, right? You've got too much in you. And he'll be like, you know, he'll set me these targets and you now need to be, okay, coming on boards and stuff like that because he's done all of this and he's kind of leaving now and paving the way for you. And he really made me think about that because I've just taken an assistant who's just um, graduated, um, got her degree in business and finance and wants to be an, an accountant. So now I'm feeling like I'm him with her, right? So I'm now mentoring her. And so I've got to set the path for her mm. and it keeps going. So yeah, so for the business, it's to grow it, to grow my practice to a state where my employees can do the day-to-day stuff. My thing is the consultancy side, which I love. I, so I will be able to focus on that and helping my clients grow their business. But also I've got to get back to community and teaching. Mm. That's the fire in the belly for me. Mm. So yeah, I have some plans for doing that next year. Oh, very yeah. exciting. Can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. And and with that passion around the community, I think that something that you picked up on earlier, Jackie, was around your own community mm. and the role models and what your the role modeling behavior. And I had a conversation previously with James Adu, who is the founder of Innerscope, who they coach um, leaders in schools. Mm. And something that he also picked up on, and and I can hear there's a similarity here about um, changing that status quo because we don't have enough role models and what you're doing and your mentoring is fantastic. But I think there should be something about normalizing Mm -hmm. that role modeling Mm -hmm. and you know, the financial role model. There you go. You can have that one for free. <laughs> Thank you. <Quick>. But, <laughs> but, but, and, and it's normalizing ambition. Yeah. Yeah. And for those 
especially from those backgrounds that don't get to see the role models or they don't have, they're not open to the opportunities for whatever reason. Because I did mentoring for a charity for six years with youth um, who were excluded from school and were going down the gang route. So I, I spent six years, so I totally understand that. And they just need people who they can relate to, right? Mm. And people who will listen to them and not write them off. That's generally what it is. So, but with that, they also then need to see people like me, mm. <laughs> ordinary person raised by a single parent, making it, right? So, so I do take that role seriously, that I have to make that way easier for those coming behind and let them know that they can, right? They mm. can. <laughs> mm. Regardless of your situation or the situation that you found yourself in, you can. You can actually do it. You can make it. And your environment is not just the estate that you live on and what you see every day. There's sure. a bigger world out there. There yeah. is. There is. And I, I wouldn't dismiss what you just said about being an ordinary person. You are an extremely extraordinary in what you've done and accomplished and continue to do. So, you know, let's let's just pay homage to that. Yeah. Introverts aren't good with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. Yeah. Thank mm. you. I receive it. Excellent. <laughs> Trying to be more receptive to that. But yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. You're right. But in their eyes, it's more in their eyes, they need to see that I'm not this person who it just happened to mm. or that I was born with a silver spoon mm. in my mouth, that I, I had to grind, I had to learn, I had to go through everything. Mm. Um but it can be done, mm. yeah. What would you say your superpower is? Well, my superpower is I'm relatable. It came up all the time in my teaching career. Whenever I was being observed or students would thank me or send me cards, that's the main word. It's I'm friendly, I'm relatable. I speak in a language, I simplify things. I don't speak in a language that people don't understand, right? Especially being in accounts, mm. which is another barrier for some people going to an accountant, which is another story of how I got into it. It was literally a friend who had a nail salon. She had to meet with an accountant and she was terrified. Okay. <laughs> Many years ago, she was like, please just come with me because I might not understand what he's saying. So that's a barrier for some people. So it's about simplifying stuff. So making it relatable and simplifying it, that's me. Yeah, I like that. I like that because you're removing those obstacles and challenges and, and, and removing the things that would have somebody get in their own way. So And that has. Mm-hmm. Yes, Until yes. Until they get the letter from HMRC. Mm. And then that's when you get the panic <laughs> phone call. The, yeah, that's when, yeah, yes. a lot of clients come to me, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you feel is burning on your chest that you have to have, to have your peace and say before we leave here today? I think for me, if you're going down the journey of being an entrepreneur it's really is I mean you can get you can get so much information out there right now and that in itself can be a barrier because some people don't know where is what's the right information who's telling me the right thing but it is basically finding someone that you can talk to and asking for help I'd say don't suffer in silence especially with the climate that we're in if you know ends you're not being able to pay yourself from your business 
speak to someone and get some help because because usually there's help out there. There's mm. a lot of help out there. Mm. So you can you can access things that you probably don't even realise you can access. Sure, sure. I remember when I started my own business, um, I took to Google mm-hmm. and was just uh, searching to see what was available in my local area. Right. And um, at the time when there was the EU funding available, um, I started on the um, British Library Startup in London Libraries programme. And that's what started my entrepreneurial journey. And go. that was accessible. So I, I, I is, agree with that concept. There. So just ask, ask anybody, ask, mm. you know, ask around, start talking, start networking. Yes. And you never know who you might meet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that is a very, very good point. Networking. Because, mm. yes, definitely, definitely. We've moved out of this period of being... <laughs> exactly, sitting behind a screen. So yes. go out there, meet people, go to business events. You know, I went to the business show, was it last week? I think it was at sure. Excel. Yeah. Yes. You know, just met lovely guys who, you know, we're going to do a little thing together, a little venture thing coming up. So Fantastic. Yeah, just go out and talk. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So connect, communicate, connect. collaborate. But yes. don't bury your head in the sand. Mm. Be brave. Mm. Put yourself out there. Mm. Love that, Jackie. Yeah. Really, really positive. So where can people find you? <laughs> people can find me on I'm on Instagram mainly so my handle is fwcom c-o-m-m um, they can email me jstuart at fwcommunity.co.uk jstuart yeah that's correct fwcommunity.co.uk yeah or if they get in touch with you you can in touch with me i'll put them in touch with you directly fantastic well it's been an absolute pleasure having you here thank you so much thank you you've been listening to the challenger ceo podcast with your host karen pollard follow us on youtube linkedin instagram tiktok at the challenger ceo or subscribe at www.karenpollard.com forward slash podcast